The Big Get Today, we got the latest Iowa Hawkeye commitment. Brevin Dahl joins me on Locked On Hawkeyes. We break down his commitment and his future with the Hawkeye program here today on Locked On Hawkeyes. Our Locked On Hawkeyes, your daily podcast on the Iowa Hawkeyes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, welcome in. I'm Trent Condon, and this is the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast. Thanks for making Locked On Hawkeyes your first listen every day. Well, a little bit different program today as we are joined for the first time with a future Hawkeye here on the program. Brevin Dow, the latest commitment for the class of 2024, joins us here today and also a different kind of interview. Brev, I have interviewed a lot of athletes uh, during my time of doing this the last couple of decades, but this will be my first interview with somebody that he knew as a baby. How are you doing today, Brev? I'm good. Well, congratulations first to you making your commitment. Uh, it was on Friday night. Your dad let the cat out of the bag to me a little bit early, but I didn't go public with it. I kept it under wraps until you officially made your commitment on Sunday. Uh, take us in right there. Making that phone call. ton of offers have come your way. You had offers, of course, Oklahoma State, Kansas State, Iowa State, a lot of other programs that were involved with you. You had Ivy League offers, but ultimately making that decision, how it came to be and, and why Friday you decided to make that phone call over to the coaches. Yeah, so it all started um, Friday afternoon. I got a, a, a text message from Coach Neiman and Tyler Barnes that there had been another running back that committed. Um, and so th there was only two spots, and they have six running backs offered. So um, I kind of just – I had to I had to think and kind of dig deep on whether – um, I really wanted to go to the Hawkeyes because it'd have to be a quick decision. So I went home, uh, I talked to my parents and prayed, prayed over it for a little bit. And the decision just was there. And I, I knew, I knew right away, it was like a snap moment for me. And, um, so that's, that's when I, I let my parents know and then called, called coach Neiman shortly after to, uh, uh, commit. So we hear those those conversations that happen. What what was the reaction like from Coach Neiman when you made the phone call and told him you're ready to commit? Yeah, he was super excited. Um, and it just it's just a big weight lifted uh, off my sh my shoulders and hit like the um, Iowa coaching staff too. Um, they said that it's it's always um, exciting for for them to kind of close out a file on a recruit and uh, make him a Hawkeye. So they were pretty happy. Well, you grew up a Hawkeye, and, well, I've known your parents. I've known your mom since we were little kids. We grew up in Osage together, same with your dad. And so I've known them for a really long time. Hawkeye family, grew up Hawkeye fan. I, I remember seeing you in your black and gold and running around our tailgate and, <laughs> and throwing the football around as a youngster. So also that part of it. You know, you had offers. You had D1 offers, and the Iowa offer wasn't your first one. When that first came, I mean, was, was there maybe a part of you that wanted right away when the offer came to make the commitment or – were you pretty at that point locked in? Hey, I want to go through this whole process and see everything that's out there. Um, I kind of that like like you just said, I kind of wanted to go through the process and visit different places and see, just see, kind of just travel around and see what a, a, other schools had to offer. Um, and it just it it was a fun it was fun, but it was also exhausting at times, just going around and making all those visits, but it was definitely worth it to be able to compare um, every school to each other and 
see which one was the best fit for me. Well, I know Kansas State was one of them that really had your eye. Coach uh, Kleiman, mm-hmm. a guy from Iowa, has done a great job with that program. And, and it was certainly the way that they utilize running backs. They've done a lot of different things with a lot of good guys going through there. Would that be probably, was that your second choice? I mean, if you if it wasn't Iowa at this point, was it Kansas State or were there some others that still st- stood out to you? Um, yeah, Kansas State was probably the next big one for me. Um, they, they, it was just, it was such a hard decision. Um, because of the relationships that I had built with the coaching staff and they were all great. Um, and it was really hard to say no to them. Uh, but at the end of the day, Iowa was where, where I saw myself and where the opportunity lies for me. So an opportunity, you and Xavier Williams are the two commitments in the running back class for 2024. Another question that I have for you, I don't know, do you know Titus Cram very well from Bondurant Ferrar? You guys play at a similar level. Don't know if you guys have uh, paths have crossed before. A lot of people think maybe uh, he could be a guy that could also play defense over there. Have you talked to him? Do you know him at all? And and some of that decision-making that went into it, as he said, two backs in this class. Yeah, um, I don't really know Titus that well. Um, I've chatted with him a bit on some visits, but nothing too, too in depth. Um, so I don't, I don't really know where he stands right now. Um, I do know that uh, the coaching staff did tell me that there's two spots for running backs, and once they're gone, they're, um, they're kind of spoken for, and no one else can hop on. So unless something were uh, to change drastically, uh, the coaches say that. Um, me and Xavier are the are their guys for running back right now, and um, they don't really see that changing unless, like I said, something crazy happens. So you are a different kind of athlete. In fact, some of the recruiting services, and I think some of the schools were recruiting you more as an athlete than just a strictly position player. Now people are already, look at the message boards, they're already moving you to wide receiver, they're already moving you over to defense and doing some different things. Well, what really matters is what the coaches think. So what do they tell you about that, about the potential running back, wide receiver, doing some different things, even as a running back coming out of the backfield, kind of what their plan is you, because you did have a different kind of skill set. Yeah. Um, so where they start with me is that uh, the younger guys really find their opportunities early on special teams. So um, they see me, you, they see utilizing me as a uh, returner um, and then also other uh, special team positions. Um, and then just this past, this last visit that I took, uh, Coach Betts made the comparison um, that they would utilize me kind of like a Tyler Goodson, um, kind of getting out of the backfield, catching passes, as well as just his run style really um, kind of matches mine. That'd be very good. And a couple of those arrow routes coming out of the backfield, doing those kind of things are <laughs> uh, definitely good. So I, I got to talk to you a little bit about this. So your dad told me growing up, there were so many times when you were you know, in middle school, you'd say, man, am I going to get tall? Because your dad's a tall guy. And yeah. Are you done growing? I mean, have you gone to the physical and they say, uh, sorry, the growth plates are closed and you're not going to get to six, five, like your dad, or is there a potential? Maybe you got a couple more inches to grow. Um, I was actually just at the, um, I was in Iowa city today for a doctor's appointment for my hips. Um, I've been dealing with some hip pain, uh, during this track season and they took some x-rays and they, my growth plates are, they say still wide open. Um, and that the pain that I'm experiencing is from my bone growing too fast and my tendon can't keep up. 
So, I mean, I, they didn't say – they haven't, like, told me a couple more inches, but that, that would be – I guess that would be pretty nice if I could get <laughs> get that out of the deal. Absolutely, no doubt about it. Well, you guys made a, a run a year ago during your high school campaign to the semifinals, got to play in the Unidome as you ultimately fell to Harlan and an outstanding Harlan team. Got another season, though, of football in front of you. You're going through track season right now and trying to get out there dealing with those injuries at this point. But uh, look forward, if you can. And you still got another season of high school football in front of you. What you're getting ready for as you finish your junior campaign and get ready for one more go-around there with ADM. Um, Just, I mean, just finishing out my high school um, career strong and um, kind of just taking it all in right now. Um, yeah, so, I mean, just finishing out this track season, just trying to deal with that injury is – has kind of been tough. Um, and then going into this summer, um, we'll be doing uh, different seven on seven and conditioning things. But yeah, just really, really gearing up for that senior season. Um, I think that our team could make that run again and possibly even for the uh, state championship because um, we're returning a lot of guys and um, I'm super confident. Well, I was uh, taking a look already as the schedules came out, uh, what, just last week and I think I got you guys down for a radio broadcast. Going to have to make you guys a game of the week when you come to Des Moines here and take on the Polar Bears. So, yeah. I mean, that had to make you guys uh, put a smile on your face too, right? Getting a, a shot against one of the city schools? Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Um, we don't get that shot uh, very often. And with this new um, new di- district, or I don't know what you'd call it, um, they're the kind of – we're playing different teams. Um, mm-hmm. The small, smaller towns are playing bigger schools, and – they're getting chances to play, I don't know, on a bigger stage. So that, that'll be cool to see how we, um, how we play against them and how we stack up. So uh, you mentioned track and dealing with an injury right now. Do you know, I mean, is there any potential that you're going to be able to run at all this year or is that off the table at this point? Um, no, he said that within the next week um, with rest, I should be back to a hundred percent. So I just need to, and it's kind of just off what I feel. So um, just resting and then running when, I, um, when I'm when i ready. So you get your speed from your mom, right? Not your dad. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. We, we both know I, that get, I get my quickness from my dad, my speed from my mom. That's, that's a good way to put it. I like that. Like yeah, that's perfect. That's perfect. Talk with Brevin Dahl here, the future Iowa Hawkeye running back as he joins us on Lockdown Hawkeyes. A couple more will let you go, Brev, and uh, want to – also go this angle with you. So there's in recruiting and, you know, some of the craziness, and I'm sure you're already seeing a part of that on social media and the message boards and the like about what happened last year. And Caden Proctor committed to Iowa and ultimately ended up at Alabama. That's where he's going through his first spring practice here uh, down there with the Crimson Tide. Say one of those offers come. He had a slew of good offers, Big Ten, Big 12, opportunities all over the place, but an Alabama a Georgia, a Florida state, something like that comes calling. If it would have happened either early in the process or if it still could come, is that something that would ever make you second guess your decision? At this point, I don't think so. I think that I'm kind of set on my decision and um, I'm looking forward to being a Hawkeye. So I, I, what I have to say to that is that I'm just hundred percent committed and I don't think that anything's really going to change my mind. Well, I'll tell you, Brev, this is an incredibly cool moment being able to uh, watch you, watch you just uh, your growth 
as a little kid, I saw running around and, and what you are today and seeing you on the football field and doing your thing, winning track as a freshman and winning the state championship then. It, it's been really fun to watch from afar. I know there's a lot of people out there rooting for you. And it's going to be tough because, you know, I, I'm tough media guy and sometimes it got to be tough. So don't screw up or I'm going to have to yell at you when you're wearing the black and gold, okay? I'll try not to. <laughs> I know you won't. Hey, Brev, appreciate your time. That was real fun. Yeah, thank you for having me. Brevin Dahl, future Iowa Hawkeye, joining us here on the Lockdown Hawkeyes podcast. We'll continue here in a moment with more. We will talk with a little bit more about Iowa football. Spring football right around the corner. We'll get into that in a moment here on Lockdown Hawkeyes. Grand slams, no hitters, and double plays are back, and there's no better place to get in on the MLB action than FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers, you can step up to the plate with a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. Just go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn, sign up, place your first bet, and get up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if you don't win. Don't miss your chance to get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 when you join FanDuel today. Just go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to sign up. FanDuel, official partner of Major League Baseball. Trey Cotton back with you again here on the Lockdown Hawkeyes podcast. Thanks for making Lockdown Hawkeyes your first listen every day. So a big thank you again to Brevin Dahl for joining us. As you heard during the interview, different kind of relationship uh, with the family. I've known Brevin since he was a little kid. I've known both of his parents for, well, since I was a little kid. So uh, just crazy process. As I told Brev, it's going to be a little difficult for me if I ever need to call him out here on the media side of things. But a little bit more difficult to pull things away uh, when you get into somebody that you know in this long in a family, just in a great family, and uh, couldn't be happier for them and, and happy for Brevin to be wearing the black and gold. Gold really are really cool. Well, we're going to continue our football conversation here today as we continue our look around spring football and also a look at what we have going forward here. The rest of the campaign Saturday will be the open practice. On Thursday, we will get to hear from the coordinators, Phil Parker. Okay, it'll be great. Bill Parker, I don't want to say that he is without question because there's always things that you can question, but more of a fact-finding mission with him. On the other side, Brian Ferentz, prepare for maybe some fireworks in that one. Going to be certainly some questions I have a feeling that are going to be coming his way. But I want to jump into our next group of our prospect rankings. And we've taken a look at each of the position groups here as we're counting it down here, leading into spring practice. And we're to number four today. So at number one on the list for the everydayers, you know, this you're with us every single day and a big thank you to them and everybody out there. In fact, if you are, give us a shout out on YouTube, on Twitter, wherever it may be. Uh, let us know that you're an everydayer. Well, you've heard the countdown. It started at number one with the defensive line. Number two was the defensive backfield. Number three yesterday, we had our first offensive position group and it was tight ends. Number four, it's back to the defense, and it is linebacker. So, you know, the linebacker spot has evolved and changed so much, not just in college football, but even at the University of Iowa here over the last couple of seasons. You know, for years and years, it was old school, going back to Norm Parker, 4-3, right? And it was going to be 4-3, and it didn't matter what the other team was doing. We're going 4-3. We're playing quarters back behind it, and... You know what we're going to do, and we're going to do that. And though that is still a huge basis of Iowa's defense. And we're not talking about some Monty Kiffin, you know, Tampa 2 defense. We're not talking about a scene of 3-4 with linebackers coming over the place. It is fundamentally sound. 
know your assignment, assignment football, and the defense does it to a T time in and tie out. So that's not a concern of what they do there, but there has been an evolution. And this is what you have to love about Phil Parker is though the defense was always really good. He thought that they had an opportunity to be better. And what they came up with was the cash position, either an oversized safety, an undersized linebacker, whatever it is, somebody that could make tackles in space, but also can go out there and can make coverage and coverage skills in today's college football are so important. We obviously know about that and, and know the importance of it, but the linebacker spot because of that has changed. There's for all intents and purposes, just two out there. Now Iowa runs four three. I mean, they still do run three linebackers on the field from time to time, but those numbers have dwindled over the last couple of seasons. And now you kind of look at the roster and you think it's probably going to be even more impactful. So when you look at the roster, well, first of all, you have one guy returning that has big time starting experience and that's Jay Higgins. And I'll tell you, Jay Higgins, his dad is an absolute delight. And if you're not following dad on Twitter, you absolutely have to. He's the one that coined Hawk, Hawk, Hawk. And he's added a fourth Hawk in there. Now just a fun loving guy, easy going, loves the Hawkeyes and loves his son, Jay. Jay was a special teamer until this past year and was very good at it. But you wonder maybe if that was kind of it, you know, if that was kind of what he was going to be. Well, because of the injury last year to Justin Jacobs, he had to go out there, play defensively a lot more than was anticipated coming into the year. And he played well. And after maybe a couple of rough moments out there, I thought he really acquitted himself incredibly well as the season went on. He was a guy that was not just a guy out there. He became an impactful player on the field. So that's where you start and some flexibility there. He can play inside. Maybe he can go outside. They'll bring in Nick Jackson, the transfer from Virginia. After he completes his studies, he will be on campus coming up this summer and he'll be going through and get ready for August camp and ready to go with the Hawkeyes. You anticipate a guy that was a three-time all ACC player. He's not coming here to sit on the bench, right? So you feel pretty good that those are probably going to be your two starters. That's a pretty good starting point when you're talking about this, right? I mean, you start with those two guys, you're in really good shape guy in Higgins that showed obviously an ability to play at this level a year ago. And then Jackson who has shown on the level to play in the ACC, just a tackle machine playing in the middle there. He is your prototypical middle linebacker. And though you got huge shoes to fill Jack Campbell, not just a football player. And he was an all American, but also as a leader, as a teammate, all the things that you hear about Jack Campbell, replacing that in the middle of the defense, making the calls, getting everybody in the right spot. There's going to be a lot on the plate on that middle linebacker spot. Want to mention a couple of other guys as well. A couple of uh, youngsters that continue to hear a little bit about one from here in central Iowa, Jaden Harrell. So I called, I don't know, three, four, five of Jaden's games in high school. Urbandale was okay. Never at the elite level. They weren't at the level of a Dowling or an Ankeny or a Valley or the like, but good, solid, but he always showed up and starting his sophomore year. I mean, my eyes were absolutely opened up. I've seen him run around the field, making plays all over the place. And you continue to hear that he's probably the next in line of that next group. That's going to be coming through after the graduation of Higgins. And after Jackson comes in for the one year and probably going to see a lot more of him on the field this season. In fact, he might be your number three, number four guy kind of looking at it in terms of that. Another one, Carson Shire from Iowa falls, another sophomore on the team. 6'2", 224, guy that's been a special teamer to this point, but talked to a few people in Iowa City, and that's one they say, keep your eye on Carson Shire. They think they really have something there. Get him all the way acclimated in. They think he's got a good future at the linebacker spot. 
few other names. Kyler Fisher, he's been around. He's been a special teamer. Southeast Valley kid going through another campaign. He's made plays on special teams. He'll have an opportunity. Justice Sullivan, we wonder, is health ever going to be there? He's really battled a lot of health con- uh, concerns. Uh, Kelby T. Lander, a uh, kid from right there in the Iowa City area from Liberty High School, Iowa City Liberty. He's another young one to keep an eye on. Jade Montgomery had the injury in high school. Of course, his dad, big Jerry Montgomery, back in the day playing in the middle of that defensive line. He comes in. He's got to add some weight. He's going through rehab, trying to get right. And another thing you wonder about, with the injury that Iowa's had at the fullback spot, does that mean one of these linebackers maybe make the move over? Or is fullback becoming obsolete? A question that will certainly be out there. My number four position group, the linebackers, as we count things down here on Locked on Hawkeyes. We'll wrap things up here in a moment with more football talk in the Iowa baseball team. Ooh, they got the series win against Minnesota. I said, you don't have to have a sweep, but a sweep would be pretty good. Well, they took two out of three. Tonight, it did not go well. Next on Locked on Hawkeyes. Trent kind of back with you one final time here on the Lockdown Hawkeyes podcast. Thanks for making Lockdown Hawkeyes your first listen every day. So as we wrap things up, Iowa baseball off to a solid start. Of course, has that win against number one LSU sitting in their back pocket. That is going to be huge for them come NCAA tournament time in their back pocket. Win against Kansas State. They're okay. They're in the top 100. Win against Indiana State, whose RPI is through the roof right now. They're at 13. How crazy is that? Got the win against Texas Tech. That's a solid victory as well, but they still got work to do. In these midweek games, who's on the schedule? You can't afford a loss. Well, they already had one to Illinois State. And now they have another as they got 10 run by UIC. The Flames, that's not brutal. It's not like losing to a 300 team. That's not where they are in RPI. They're, they were at 118 going in today. So it's not devastating, but just the fashion. They just completely fell apart. They have another game coming up tomorrow on Wednesday. That's back at home in Iowa City. They get Bradley in that one. You can't afford another loss because you got Nebraska coming in this weekend. Huge series there. Penn State after that. Ohio State, Michigan State, Northwestern. That is how they conclude, excuse me, the uh, regular season here. I was got to start to pile up victories. Yeah, that win against LSU is nice. It's really nice to have. 22-10 and 10 on the year. 6-7 and seven on the road. Just kind of floundering at this point. Currently, their RPI sits at 58, and that is before the loss to UIC is factored in there. That is tough. Gave up two in the first, two in the third, two in the fourth, six in the fifth, two more in the sixth. They were 10 run by UIC, 14 to three. Need a bounce back from the Hawkeye baseball team. That will do it for today. Thanks to Brevin Dow for joining me. A lot of fun talking with him about everything going on with the Iowa Hawkeyes as we look to the future. Hey, if you enjoyed it, make sure you hit it up in the comment section on YouTube. Hit subscribe while you're there. Helps us get in front of more Hawkeye fans. You everydayers, we'll be back with you tomorrow. We'll continue our countdown of things. Also, later in the week, we'll hear from the former Hawkeye who joins us. LaShawn Daniels is going to stop by as we will preview what we look to see. And, of course, we got a lot coming your way on the Thursday press conferences with Phil Parker and more importantly, Brian Ferentz. That's all coming up this week on Locked On Hawkeyes. Go Hawks!